You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle. Hi everyone, this is Aileen and welcome to The Music Room. This is episode 39 entitled Peak at My Week. Before we dive into that, I just want to give you a reminder to make sure that you have subscribed to the Music Room podcast if you haven't already, because once you do that, you'll be notified every time there is a new episode. And also, if you can please leave a review for the podcast, this will help other music teachers also find the podcast. I'm going to read just a short little review here that I loved by Jonna, not Jonah, is the username. And Jonna, not Jonah says, I love listening to a podcast with real music teachers. I've been looking for a music ed podcast for the longest time. So excited. Loving it. Thank you so much, Jonna, not Jonah. I really appreciate hearing that feedback. And if you leave a review, then I may read your review on a future podcast. So I would love it if you did that. All right, so we are going to dive into a peek at my week. I did this in another podcast episode. It was episode 32, which I can link to in the show notes. And if you haven't found the show notes yet, if you go to my blog at mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and then you click on podcast, then you'll be able to find the show notes by clicking episode 39. But I'll link to episode 32, which is another peek at my week if you enjoy this podcast after listening to it and want more like it. So the idea of peek at my week is I'm just going to give you a few activities from each grade level and ensemble that I'm teaching this week to hopefully give you some new ideas and get your creative juices flowing. So my student teacher, Laurel, just said goodbye to my students this past Friday. We're really going to miss her. She was such a joy to have. And she's moving on to her high school placement. So this week, I have the students back to myself. And I'll just give you a summary of a few activities from each lesson. So I'm going to start with first grade. So my first graders are practicing long and short short which is like preparatory names for ta and titi. So they haven't learned ta and titi yet. They started this year practicing steady beat and rhythm. And then now instead of using like clocks for two, four, six, eight and B icons for BB Bumblebee and wolf icons for we are dancing or whatever, we have now changed that to long for one sound on a beat and short, short for two sounds on a beat. And they're just shown with a long line and then two short lines. So they just learned that last music class. So we're using songs like we are dancing and BB to practice long and short short and we did some solo singing with doggy doggy where's your bone always a good one I also used a chant called Jeremiah blow the fire which doesn't seem to be as common of a song or chant as like we are dancing or doggy doggy or whatever so I'll go ahead and say the chant for you it goes like this Jeremiah blow the fire puff 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 Jeremiah blow the fire puff 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 First you blow it gently, then you blow it rough. Jeremiah, blow the fire, puff, puff, puff. So after the students have learned that, then I bring it back in another lesson, which we did a few weeks ago, and I added some different types of voices. So then I changed it to Jeremiah, blow the fire, puff, puff, puff. Jeremiah, blow the fire, puff. First you blow it gently, then you blow it rough. Jeremiah, blow the fire, puff, puff, puff. And I should say, I learned this years ago. I mean, it could have been like 18 or 19 years ago, 
at a trike workshop, and I believe I learned it from Joanne Pendergast. It was either Joanne Pendergast or Jane Wenner. And the kids really like this chat. And I think it's a good way to add in some like four voices and vocal exploration and whatnot. But in this particular lesson this week, after we review all the different voices we've done with it, then I have a smart notebook file that has a bunch of different non-pitched percussion instruments that are like infinitely cloned. And the text is on the screen and we decide which instrument should go where. And then we try that out which is a lot of fun. I should say in this lesson, they didn't actually play any instruments. They just helped me assign the instruments and I played them. But then in the next lesson, they have a small group activity where they'll have the lyrics for Jeremiah Blow the Fire on cardstock and they'll have different instrument pictures and they get to decide what goes where, which is nice for student input. But then we ended the lesson with the dance highway number one, which is such a fun one. I used the recording by the shenanigans and I actually didn't do the whole dance with them this time. I kind of introduced it. I played like the first half of the song and did the movements while they watched. And then we talked about what movements they saw me do. And then I tell them about highway Highway number one, which actually, because I was in Australia a few weeks ago, I actually got to ride on highway number one, which was so exciting because I've done this dance for years. So highway number one is a highway that goes all around the coast of Australia and has stops in like several major cities. So I was near Brisbane and got to go on highway number one. So I did talk to the students a little bit about that, and I plan on showing them a picture that I took of highway number one in another lesson when we do the dance again. So I played the first half of it and then they just kind of watched and told me what motions they were seeing and then they tried it. And then really cool thing about this recording is that the dance directions are really within the recording. So it's not something where you have to like teach them the motions and then you add music. You can add music right away. So again, that was Highway Number 1 by the shenanigans and I will link to that in the show notes as well. So that's just a little overview of first grade and what we did. All right, so moving on to second grade, my second graders are practicing law as well as two beat meter or two four. And so we did some songs for law, such as Ikabaka. And then I actually got out a spectrum, which I've talked about before on the podcast. We had Jenna Polensky from Spectrums on the podcast a while back. Again, I can link to that in the show notes. Um, But the idea of a spectrum is it's this little device that you can buy from Sphero. And depending on what color you press, it'll play a different pitch. So I had this like tone ladder of three different notes. It was so me and law that I got from Amy Abbott's TPT store. She's got this really awesome set called Colorful Melodies. And so I printed out the tone set that had so me and law and made sure that my spectrum was all ready to go in the app with a Somi La tone set. And then usually when I do something, which I call melodies, where I sing a pattern, you know, on Sofa and they echo me, and then maybe I'll get out my recorder and I'll play it and they have to sing it back with Sofa. Instead of doing that, I played a pattern on the tone ladder and had them sing it back to me. And at first they were able to look at the visual with the colors and then I put it, my drum, so they couldn't see what I was doing. And I would play a pattern and they would have to sing it back, which was really fun. So after we did that, then I transitioned into this game I made called Trick or Treat, where the student have to listen to an embedded sound file and then they have to choose from a list of three different stick notation patterns and figure out which one they think matches which was really interesting to see how well they did on that I took down the information of how they did on that and I was just wrote down who was absent and then wrote a minus next to their name for every answer that they answered incorrectly had them close their eyes and just show me one two or three depending on what they thought it was 
And that's great information because I'm actually going to be doing differentiated centers for law in my next lesson. So now I know who's doing really well with identifying patterns with law and who's struggling a little bit and then can differentiate some of the tasks for them. And actually, if you go to the show notes, you will be able to download the trick or treat game for law for free. So make sure you do that. You do have to sign up with your email address. And once you do that, you will get like a weekly email from me. I send out usually just one email a week that maybe has a link to a blog post or something like that. So if you sign up for my email list, then you will get the trick or treat for law. And if you've already signed up for my email list, you can sign up again. And it's not like you're going to get two emails instead of one. You'll still only get one email anytime I send one out. All right. So after we did that game, then we did a little break just to get them up and moving. And then I read about half of a book to them called Australia ABCs, which I can link to that in the show notes. And part of the reason I was reading it is because I just came back from Australia, but also they have a program coming up. It's not until January, I think, but they have a program coming up that's based all on Australian music and it's based on this book. So I read that to them, but it was really fun to read it to them this year because I actually had a lot more background information about Australia because I was just there. So that was really fun. They have this one page in there about M is for money and that shows a picture of what the money looks like. Well, I kept some of my Australian dollars because they're beautiful. And so I was able to show them what an Australian $5 bill and an Australian $10 bill looks like and share more information with them than I could have if I hadn't been there. So that was fun. And then after we did that, then we sang and played Apple Tree and I started doing an alternating Bordeaux with them where instead of playing D and A together, they played D and then A, D and then A to the steady beat, which we will bring back back more in another music lesson so that everybody gets a turn because it was at the end of the lesson and I only had a few students come up. I was really excited about how well the few kids that I did get to instruments, how well they did. And I think it's partly because I have bass bars now. So I have D bass bar and an A bass bar. And so I did have one student who was playing D and A as an alternating Bordeaux on the bass bars. And I think it really helped keep them together more, which was super exciting. It sounded really cool. All right, so that is an overview of the second grade lesson. Moving on to third grade. With third grade, I am presenting 4-4, also known as 4-beat meter. So we're using some songs that they already know, like Tidio and Old Brass Wagon, and really figuring out which beats are the strong beats and which beats are the weak beats. When I work with 4-4 or 4-beat meter, I really like to use songs where it because sometimes there are some songs that sound like they could be in 2-4 or 4-4. So I really like to look for songs where it's very obvious that there's a strong beat, weak beat, weak beat, weak beat, strong beat, weak beat, weak beat, weak beat. So we're using some known songs in 4-4. I'm doing an activity with tennis balls where after I have taught 4-4, where I will play like a C major chord in my left hand and then a C major chord in my right hand, but maybe like two octaves higher. So I'll like for 4-4, four, four, I would do the left hand, right, 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 left hand, right, right, right. And they have to bounce the ball, catch it, and then tap, tap, and really hear that strong, weak, 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 and make sure that they're always bouncing on the strong beat. And then I'll play in other meters like 2-4 or 3-4. And even though they haven't learned 3-4 yet, they have learned 2-4. But we're not really looking at it on the board and what that looks like with measures and bar lines and all that but really listening for 
where is the strong beat, where are the weak beats, and showing that with your tennis ball, which they really enjoy that activity. And that's something that I learned years ago, probably in my Delcro's experience at Central Michigan with Tim Caldwell. I was able to work with him quite a bit and saw him do a lot of activities like that. And I really like using activities like that for meter. They learned the Virginia Reel last week with my student teacher, but we hadn't added music to it yet. So now that they know all the motions, then we're going to try to add some music. And in the last lesson, they learned about the lines on the treble clef staff and all the different silly sentences you can use to figure out which note is which on the lines. So we'll do a little review of that. And then I am going to do a little game with them that I made for identifying lines on the treble clef staff that's Halloween themed, which I can also link to in the show notes. And if we have time, then we'll get into some staff wars, which I might, if I am running low on time, I might just project it with my iPad onto my ViewSonic board so we can play all together. But if we have time, then I'll split them up into groups and let them play staff wars in small groups, which is a really, really fun app. If you have not checked that out, I definitely would. All right, so that is third grade. Moving on to fourth grade. They have been practicing tickety, or some of you might call it tirity. So we are actually going to do centers for tickety, and they are differentiated. So the way this works is I did a pretest in the most recent lesson just to see how well they could identify patterns with tickety. And then I took that data and categorized or sorted each class into three groups. Level one, I label blue. Level two is green. And level three is pink. And they don't know which level they are. They just know which color they are. So it's not like I'm telling them you're in the advanced group. It's just you're blue, pink, or green. I have six centers. Not all of them are differentiated. I think three of them are going to be differentiated. So when they get to those three centers, then they have to do the color task for the card that I give them. So that way it's kind of a challenge that's just right for them. So the six centers that I'll be doing, I have a Be a Composer worksheet where they have to compose 16 beats of rhythm. And then if they have time and want to, they can play it on a non-pitched percussion instrument. And they get to choose whichever centers they go to. And they also get to choose when they switch. The Be a Composer worksheet, I am going to ask everyone to do. And then I also will ask them to make sure they go to at least one of the differentiated centers. But they have a little bit of choice there as far as what they go to when. So we have a Be a Composer worksheet. I have this dice center where they roll the dice and then put the dice into any order they want. They're like dice that have rhythms on each side. So they put the dice in whatever order they want and then it's like they compose the rhythm, but really they've just rolled it. But some of the dice, especially for students who are at levels two or three, have blank sides to them. So then they get to fill that in with whatever one beat rhythm they want. So that's fine. And then the third center, I will have them use Chromebooks to play on a website called therhythmtrainer.com, which I can link to that in the show notes, but you can just type therhythmtrainer.com and you'll find it. And I will give them directions because this is also differentiated. I will give them directions like if they're blue, you do this. If you're pink, you do this and so on. But pretty much they will be either listening to some patterns and figuring out which rhythm pattern matches of like a few different rhythm patterns, or they'll listen to an audio sample and 
kind of like dictate it with rhythms. So if you check the website out, you'll understand what I mean. But it's neat because there really is differentiation built into the website because there's like a fast mode and a slow mode and A mode and a B mode. So in the directions that I printed out for them, they'll know just depending on what the directions say, how exactly their game should look before they move forward. And then again, they should have their just right challenge. So that's the third center. The fourth center, I'm actually going back and forth on this, I am either going to have them do a picture rhythm file, which is in my differentiated centers for Tickety, if you have purchased that on TPT or if you're interested, where they look at a picture and figure out what the rhythm is. So like blueberry would be tea ticka or tangerine would be tickety, that kind of thing, depending again on their level. Some of the tasks will have longer. It's not just one picture. It might be two pictures or three pictures or four pictures and they have to figure out all the rhythms for each of those. So they scan a QR code and it takes them to like a Google Slides file and then they figure that out and they just write it with dry erase marker on like write-on sheets where you can slide a piece of paper into it and then you can erase it when you're done which is really nice. But I just thought about this this morning. I might actually instead have them do, I have like a mystery image file that they could do for Tickety that is Halloween themed where they as they are figuring out the number of sounds in each rhythm or each pattern then this mystery image comes up and it's in Google Sheets so I'm, I'm gonna think on that and decide which one I'm gonna have them do tomorrow so that would be the fourth center the fifth center they're just gonna play rhythm telephone with Tickety and this is a fun little game by Lindsay Jervis that I really like it's kind of like the idea of like the regular telephone would be like I say a phrase like I'm going to my grandma's house tonight and then you whisper it around the whole circle and then you see what the last person thought the first person said but instead of with words it's with rhythm patterns so the kids always seem to like that so if you can get four or five kids at that center then they can play and have a lot of fun and that one's not differentiated it's just a fun little game that they could play if they want and then the sixth center would be them throwing a squishy ball at my board at my view sonic board which you can also do with a smart board and they read whatever rhythm pattern comes up and I have a few different sets I do think I have like a Halloween themed one that I could use I also have one that's just like these warm fuzzy characters if you have any of my center sets you know what I'm talking about so they really like throwing things at the board (laughs) and they are they're doing it lightly enough that it's it's no different than if you were to just tap the board you know but it just makes it a little bit more fun So those are the six centers. I always enjoy centers days because especially when they're getting choice, it just feels really student-centered. But this is the only centers lesson I'm doing this week. So I don't typically do more than one centers lesson per week. I think the most I've ever done is two centers lessons because it gets a little bit crazy with materials and keeping everything straight. All right, so that is fourth grade. And then moving on to fifth grade, They are preparing for their program, which is based on the book Down in the Subway, which I can link to that in the show notes as well. It's like a Caribbean themed book about an island lady who pulls things out of her bag, kind of like Mary Poppins, and she pulls out the sea and she pulls out mangoes and that kind of thing. So we have been learning a lot of music from the Caribbean, specifically a lot of songs from Jamaica, but I also have Four White Horses from the Virgin Islands. But it's been really fun to learn those songs. And so they have been preparing that. We are learning the hand jive for Four White Horses, which is a little bit complicated. So I have been teaching it kind of sequentially so the kids could be successful. So this morning we tried it where I kind of modeled it with four kids. It wasn't quite as difficult as it will end up being, but it we're almost there with what they need to do. It's like two kids are clapping up high and the other two kids are clapping down low and then they keep switching. So it's super fun. 
I will include in the show notes YouTube videos so you can see what the hand jive will eventually look like. So we've been preparing for the program, but we're also practicing syncopa, also known as titati. So I pulled out some patterns with syncopa with some of the material they're learning for the program, such as for white horses and mango walk. And then we did a little assessment with this really cute game by Linda McPherson called Ghosty Dance, which I can also link to in the show notes. So if you're familiar with any of Linda's products, they're just super cute and interactive. And even with fifth grade, they really enjoyed it. And it also gave me some great data. We have been learning an orph arrangement for Mango Walk, which I learned years ago and I don't even remember where I learned it from, but I did also find another great arrangement, which I can link to in the show notes. It's not the same exact one that I'm doing, but it's a really fun one. And we've also been learning Ensemble Number One and Ensemble Number Two from World Music Drumming by Will Schmid, which I love both of them. They're really accessible and easy to put together. And two of the classes will be performing those at the concert. I also have another class who will be performing Limbo Rock. So we will be practicing that this week. And then another class will be performing I Love a Rainy Night, which is one of my favorite dances, especially with fifth grade. I can link to the directions for that in the show notes. Sana Longden has some really great free resources on her website. So you can actually see the dance directions for free instead of having to buy the book. But the books are also great resources. And she also has some helpful DVDs that show the dances in action. And then I thought I would also go over what I'm doing with band and choir. For those of you who also teach band and choir, I'll give you just a quick little synopsis. My band students, this will be the third week of band with them. And I meet them in sectionals. So I usually just have one or two instruments at the same time. So all of the students have learned their first note and some of them have even also learned their second note. So in the lesson this week, we will be reviewing the first note, either be teaching or reviewing the second note and showing what those two notes look like on the staff. And also when I was at the OAKE conference in Columbus this past March, I went to a couple of really great band sessions. And one of the sessions, the presenter talked about doing some inner hearing activities where you are playing just some patterns with two different notes. And maybe they get to look at your hands and maybe they don't. Like if you're playing trumpet or something, maybe they can see what you're playing and maybe you turn around so they can't even see the fingering and they have to play them back, which I really love that idea. It's such a great way to build their inner hearing. If time, I will also teach the third note on their instrument. I don't think we're quite going to get to hot cross buns, but we shall see. And then with choir, I actually, even though this will only be my third rehearsal with them, I have a performance coming up on, I believe, November 9th and a performance coming up on November 11th. The November 11th one, they're just singing one song. November 9th, they're singing a lot more than that. So I had to choose some literature that was really easy to throw together. So they're going to be doing a round called Christmas is Coming, which is one of my favorites. They are going to, for some of them, their first experience looking at an octavo with the song Minka, which is one of my favorites. So they're just going to learn the first part of the melody for Minka. And then Joni Lippman came to our local Kodai chapter trike in April of this year and taught us this really awesome Hanukkah song called Ocho Candelicas. And so I will be starting to teach them that. In the last rehearsal, I just had them sing the fa-la-la-la-la parts for Deck the Hall. So hopefully we're going to be trying all of Deck the Hall, that first verse. 
And um, I found some movement in one of Amy Abbott's blog posts where she added some fun movement for it. So I think I'm going to try the movement. I don't necessarily think I'm going to have them facing partners because I have like 100 kids in choir. It's a little bit crazy. And I also don't have risers in my room. So it's a lot of kids standing in. I mean, I have a pretty big room, but when you have 100 kids in there, So I might just have them kind of do the movement in place, but at least that way they're kind of up and moving a little bit. It's a nice little brain break. And then hopefully if time also doing America the Beautiful, which is a song that they will be doing on November 11th for Veterans Day. That's about it. That is a peek at my week right there. I hope that's helpful. All right. So now let's talk about what I'm consuming. My husband Scott and I just started watching a show on Netflix called The Boys, which is like a superhero themed show. And I'm going to be honest, I normally don't get into superhero stuff at all. It's not something that's super interesting to me. I mean, I grew up watching Superman and I did like Superman, but beyond that, I just don't really typically get into superhero stuff, but it got really good reviews. So we're like, okay, well, let's check this out. And it's really compelling. I really like it so far. Definitely something that is more adult themed, like maybe teenagers, older teenagers, it would be maybe okay, but you might want to watch it first just in case. But it's really got a great storyline. We're excited to watch more. We are also in the midst of watching El Camino, which is like a sequel to Breaking Bad. So for those Breaking Bad fans out there, you should totally check this out. We started it kind of late the other night, so we weren't able to finish it, but it was really good. It's not because it wasn't good that we paused it. We just retired. So hopefully I'm hoping that we can watch the rest of it tonight. So far, I'm loving it. So if you watch Breaking Bad, I would totally check that out. All right, so that's it for today. I hope that this peek at my week has been helpful. Make sure that you tune in again in about two weeks. I will be posting an episode with Nissa Brown. I am so excited about this. Nissa is one of my dear friends, and I will be talking to her about going beyond your curriculum. Super excited. Also, make sure that you go to the show notes so that you can sign up to receive the Trick or Treat Game for Law, as well as a template that I made, which will help you plan out your week. So on the template, I have boxes which can be edited with like headers like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, so on. And then you can just write an overview of what you're doing with each grade level, which can kind of help you see big picture what your week will look like. And I hope that's helpful. So thank you so much for listening and have a great day.